from the era that brought you names like Chamberlain, Russell, and West. To Chamberlain, he's got it! Jerry West made it from the other side of the mid-court strike! To the glory days of Magic and Kareem. And Magic Johnson is out there celebrating! Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the brink of an NBA all-time record. From a time where last-second shots were expected. Here comes Kobe, from way outside. Got it! Oh, man! Gets it to LeBron, for three for the win, yes! And rings were handed out like candy. Here's Jordan. Yes! It's Duncan Dynasty with your host, Garrett Bougay, and it starts right now. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. I'm your host, Garrett Bougay, and with me this week, I've got a very special guest. He's a fellow sports business classroom alum. He's a regular on the program, and he's a regular doing this particular podcast with me, as this will be our fourth edition of our League Pass rankings. You know, the motivation, of course, provided by uh, Zach Lowe, who who does his uh, yearly written piece on the League Pass rankings. So this is sort of a podcast version of that. And uh, yeah, Evan Dial. Evan, thanks so much for for coming on. Of course, my pleasure, Garrett. This is my favorite podcast of the year. Love the League Pass rankings. It's exciting. I also can't believe Hoops is like a month away. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think about. I'm I'm honored to hear you say that. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it, it's coming up on us. Yeah, this 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 off season and last off season. It uh, you know, given the condensed nature of it, it it really does feel like it. Uh, the the off season came and went in a flash. And uh, yeah, I, I really haven't even gotten to do much in terms of just straight like classic content because. You know, you, you do the draft, you do free agency talk, you do a little summer league, and, and before you know Sun it, you're stop. like five or six weeks out. I know. It's just all the, I mean, the past two years really have just blended together so quickly. Yeah. So as far as, uh, again, for those that haven't <laughs> listened to any of these pods that we've done in the past, the basic premise is we're going to be ranking the 30 NBA teams uh, from 30 to one in, in basically in, in how much we're going to watch them and how much we're going to enjoy watching them play. It uh, doesn't necessarily have to do with how good the teams are, although I value that. Uh, but uh, yeah, Evan, was there, was there anything you wanted to mention about sort of your process coming up with your rankings that you wanted to, to, to state before we get started? Uh, I think I'm fairly similar in terms of being good matters a fair about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, some bad teams have fun parts, but overall they're just they're just bad or sad. So I think we'll be pretty aligned between, you know, teams that are good higher up and bad at the end. <laughs> and you know, I was or I the was bottom. Yeah, I was I was listening back to our, our pod last year and I think we agreed on like five of the first six teams. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how that, right. how that transpires this year. But uh, yeah, I also just want to reiterate that uh, Evan and I have not shared our lists with each other, so we have no idea. Uh, but uh, yeah, Evan, why don't you get us kickstarted with your number 30 team for the 2021-22 NBA season? 
My number 30 team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we're in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it does hurt me a little, though, because I really do love Shy. Fantastic player and yep. super fun to watch. The problem is, it wouldn't surprise me if they sit him after like 20 games or something this year. Yeah, he only played 35 last year, and, and yeah, he... He was fantastic. Uh, again, I, I put him and me and, and Scott Levine. He's really put, good. Yeah, put him in our top 30, just inside our top 30 on our lists for the episode or the podcast last week. So, yeah, he he alone, you know, made me consider not having them there. But, yeah, you factor exactly. in the, the team's motivations. They, they didn't succeed in the lottery this past year, getting the sixth yeah. pick. And they didn't get Houston's pick either. Like they could have had the first and fifth picks and instead just get like six and 18. So they're clearly going to be right. to get another high lottery pick. So, you know, if, if Shay gets them. The process is extended further, you know, it's just an ongoing keep picks, flipping, taking bad contracts, not competing at all. And it seems like, I mean, I don't know how long they're going to do this, but I think it's going to be a while. So this year alone, I think they'll be pretty miserable to watch. Yeah. And like guys like, uh, you know, Josh Giddy and Poku, they, they might be, they might provide an occasional Poku. highlight or two that are, that is fun. But like, I also can just find that stuff on Twitter. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. They're YouTube, Twitter, occasional highlight team. Right. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, agree in agreement there. So let's move on to my number 29. And uh, this was the team that I had number 30 last year. That's the Orlando Magic. Okay, we're close. I have them 28. (laughs) Okay, so I mean, this team has a lot of a lot of young talent that I'm going to be interested in watching. Obviously, I'm excited to to see Jalen Suggs. I'm excited to see Jonathan Isaac back after missing last year. Uh, Markel Fultz hopefully will return at some point uh, in this in this season. Uh, they've got the they've got the interesting center battle with Mo Bamba and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. So yeah, there, there's some intriguing pieces here. But again, there's there's no uh, there's nobody that like you know if you were to go want to purchase a ticket for an NBA game, they don't have any players currently that's like oh I I need to see this guy play. Exactly. Like this year is going to be rough and I think it will just be, you know, a kind of year throw noodles at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Because I mean, they, they have a lot of players. They they had to figure out lineups and who they like. I mean, Suggs, Fultz, Cole Anthony, Isaac, Bamba, Carter, like they kind of need to figure out who their core is going to be. Uh, Who's the other rookie? Uh, Franz Wagner too. Yeah. Yeah. Long-term, I don't hate their future, but this year, Oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chimo Kiki, another guy, another young guy that they got yeah. rotation. So yeah, they they're actually like kind of deep. I mean, they still have Terrence. They're kind of like they're young deep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're uh they're definitely a few years away. And and again, similar to OKC, given that Orlando's sort of that, you know, they succeeded in getting the Bulls pick at number eight, but their own pick ended at five, and they obviously yeah. probably didn't get as much as I like Suggs, I don't think he's a, a – he could be, but I, I don't see him as that franchise-changing type of, of talent. 
so there, I, I think, mm-hmm. in a similar mold to OKC, where I think they're going to be, as a franchise, still sort of trying to tank and get another good pick and get another shot at a uh, at a superstar. They should absolutely tank, ride the young guys, see what happens, see who you like. Yeah, and, so... You know, yeah, let's try to flip Terrence Ross. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so let's uh, let's hear who you have then at twenty nine. At twenty nine, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, so we just flipped Orlando at San Antonio. I have the Spurs at twenty eight. <laughs> the Spurs have five players who are like, if you need a good fifth or seventh man on your team, the Spurs have a ton of those. Yeah. I think that might. I, Murray, I think that might be. I think that might be a little harsh. I would say maybe like you know players four. four okay, Kelton Johnson's a little better. I like Kelton Johnson. He's good, yeah. but like they're so just like eh, and they're not even like all right with upside. They're kind of players who looks like they've hit at least close to their ceiling. So I'm wondering this, and but and they obviously. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, despite his faults, was their best player. So now they don't even have him. They did get McDermott, which I was weird, but kind of fun. He'll fit. But I feel like this is a team that should be tanking and, again, won't be tanking. Maybe they'll tank by accident. I mean, they'll try to win and just lose. But there's just nothing... Nothing appealing here, really. Like, there's not even that many young players I really, like, love, so. It's a situation where I, I I do like some of their young guys. Like, I like Pirtle at center. He's shown to be a really good defensive anchor. I like Derek White quite a bit. Um, I like Vassell. Um, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by Primo, even though it, it seemed like by most experts' opinions that that was a – that was a reach, but a guy that uh, right. can shoot threes off the dribble, which seems to be his best skill. I, you know, it's it's not crazy to invest in in that sort of a player. Um, but yeah, the fact that they, I mean, they they don't have a top fifty player in the NBA, so that alone limits their ceiling in terms of being exactly very good. But as much as I like, you know, a Pirtle, he's not like the most entertaining guy to watch. <laughs> Neither is Derek White. <laughs> Uh, Dijon exactly. So yeah, they're, I think they're going to be better than like, they're, they're not going to be, if, if we were ranking this just on how good they're going to be, I, I think they could potentially be like a top 10 defense this year uh, and, and be a respectable mm. team. But uh, yeah, I just, from an entertainment perspective, they're, they're lacking. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see their, their plan too going forward. Like, which young guys do they really like? Like, are they keep going to do the Murray-White thing? Can they play together, start one, bench one? Will they try to trade one? I just, I want to see if that becomes a little clearer this year. Because right now, I think they're just kind of just stuck in play and range. They're like a huge purgatory team to me right now. Yeah, and the fact that that Greg Popovich is still there is, is right. That, that makes right. it difficult to say that, yeah, that they're, they're probably not going to tank as long as he's the coach there. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, let's, let's move on then to my number 27, which is the, uh, and, and I, I should state that part of the reason that this team has, has gone down is the, the news in, in recent weeks over at 
uh, over Sumner and also TJ Warren having more issues with his foot, but I've got the Pacers here at 27. Oh, wow. I have them higher. Okay. Well, Rough. I mean, yeah, the, uh, the Warren news is a big blow because I think he's one of the, the, the more enjoyable guys on the offensive end. And you know, that is a big blow. And, uh, you know, as much as I, as much as I think Sabonis is a good, helpful player in the regular season, you know, he's, uh, he's not the most enjoyable guy to watch. Um, and, and yeah, like I think Carlisle is a, is an upgrade for them at, at coach, obviously. And there, that's the part that intrigued me with them is the Carlisle coaching change. And well, one also, they could just get a year where they're healthy all at the same time, which has just seemed impossible for them. Obviously, the war news is a bummer, but Sabonis and Brogdon mainly, and Levert. Like, if you have that with Miles Turner, that's a core. That should be a play-in team in the East. That's yeah. something. Yeah, they're- But you do see, once one gets injured, like, the wheels can really fall off there. Yeah, and I honestly kind of think of them in a similar vein to the Spurs. Like, they're better than San Antonio, but, like, yeah, and, and they're in an, an easier conference as well. In the East. So, yeah, they, they could easily make they the playoffs. Are. We'll see. You know, I kind of think the East is good this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's deeper for sure. There's a lot less. It's uh, deeper. It's deeper than a long time I can remember. Yeah, there's fewer teams that straight up I think are going to be bad. You know, I, I feel like um, – Orlando, mm-hmm. Cleveland, Detroit, probably, and then the rest are going to be trying and competing. Um, right, I have the same. But uh, yeah, they're they're kind of like the Spurs, just a little bit better. You know, they they probably they have a few guys that uh, in in Turner and Sabonis that you could argue crack that top fifty, but just barely. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're deep. They're they're going to be well coached. They've they've got a decent amount of talent, but yeah, again, the lack of that superstar uh, is is a little bit concerning, and and yeah, like they uh, they just haven't been able to stay healthy and and put out their full lineup because yeah, like I think if if Warren was there and they they threw out everybody, I, I think this team could approach even fifty wins just based on having you know yeah talent from like players three through 10 that's better than most in the league yeah i mean the deep i mean they did lose mcdermott who's good for their bench even though um tj mcconnell great backup fun and feisty and they drafted duarte who i think might be better than mcdermott i do like duarte too yeah he'll be fun i have them i had them at 17 Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. So we were we were different on that one. I thought they're kind of like they're as a team, just middle of the pack in watchability. <laughs> yeah, like um, I'm definitely uh, if if I had to put this into tiers, the 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 uh, the Pacers are definitely well, and even the Spurs, the Spurs and Pacers are are a tier above like the Magic and the Thunder. But uh, yeah, for sure. Um, Let's let's hear then who you have at uh, at twenty seven. The Sacramento Kings. Okay, wow. So yeah, this is one similar to you being uh, much higher on the Pacers. I'm much higher on Sacramento this year. I put a caveat though because the Ben. I, I mean, 
it's because it's a possible Ben Simmons destination that could change things, honestly, for better, for worse, depending on the trade. So, but as of right now, assuming that doesn't happen again, Halliburton's fun. Fox is fun, even though I'm not the hugest Fox guy. I think they will remain terrible on defense. I think Luke Walton remains a bad coach. And I don't see how they crawl out of the basement in the West. Maybe not the basement basement with like the Houston OKC group and maybe the but unless Halliburton becomes like awesome, not just like a fun oh, he's a good fun NBA Twitter player. And they can at least get competent on defense. I don't see the path. And with teams, I don't see the path. Yeah. I do like the rookie, though, Damian Mitchell. Maybe he could help. Yeah, I mean, that's... I do like him. Honestly, I think that uh, that, that uh, Davion drafting him might be the reason why I'm very high. And also, you know, really liking Halliburton. So to me, if I had to pick a position that I enjoy watching the most, like if a team is good at this position, it would probably be guard. Like if you just have some really fun guards, right. and you're going to have likely two of those three guys in Fox, Halliburton and Mitchell on the floor most of the time. Like they're, they're going to be, I think they're going to be entertaining. And, you know, I, I share your concerns about their ability to win games, especially given Luke Walton, not a, not a great coach. I do think they have, a potential to get better defensively if, you know, the likes of Rashawn Holmes is able to stay healthy longer. They also brought in Tristan Thompson, who might be able to provide a little bit better defense at backup center and, and just not playing right. Magley as, as, at center is also, I think, a, a potential Oof. way to improve. Yeah, well, what they do with him and if they can get anything from him is a question for me. Because I don't even know at this point anything of value. They're a team, too, that like I think could use – they need a good start because I think Luke Walton is on the, the prime, could be first coach fired this year. Watch. Yeah. And and honestly, like if that happens, though, they might – it might be good for them. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> we'll see. It could yeah. be a benefit. Yeah. I understand it. And, yeah, like I had – I had Davion Mitchell like number five on my big board, like ahead of Suggs even, uh, in the same tier as Suggs. Oh, wow. But you liked him, very, liked him. I am very high on Davion Mitchell. I really loved what I saw out of him in summer league, and I think he's going to be good right away. Uh, so, and, and they drafted a rookie last year in Halliburton that was good right away. So Right. Um, I mean, that's huge for, to just finally get good at drafting after years of just – I mean, the most brutal picks you can think of. Yep. And and doing it at 12 with Halliburton and what was it, nine with Davion? Nine, Mitchell, yeah. If you get just quality starting level players out of those spots, I, that's those are great picks. Those are wins for sure. And yeah, P, P, I know people have uh, were, were complaining about the selection of Mitchell because they already have the two guards there, but it's like you can – you can play three guards and all play them about 30 minutes right. just because, you know, each guy's got to sit some. And then also against certain lineups, you could probably play all three of them together at times. That would, those, like, I'm most definitely for that possibility. They should. <laughs> yeah, I think those three mm-hmm. might be three of their top, like, six or seven guys. So, 
I'm always pro play your best players. <laughs> right. So uh, let's move on then to number 26. And uh, I, I hate to break it to you, Evan. This is where I've got the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. We're not too far off. I'm a little down on my team too. I had them at 21. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they got better. You know, they, they went from Cody's. I think we got worse. Yeah. They went from, from Cody Zeller to Mason Plumley. Uh, you know, they, they lost Devonte Graham added Kelly Oubre. Like, I don't think those are upgrades. Uh, I think with Graham and Monk, we lost a lot of shooting and playmaking. Yeah. And that's, they were both like, they kept our bench units afloat and we could play multiple guards at the same time and have a lot of really good passing last year. Um, especially when Hayward's healthy too. And Graham is such a, he's a plus minus God. We're always better with him on the floor. Um, and Monk just brings that bench, you know, he can drop 20 randomly on a huge game. So that gone, a lot is up to the big second-year jump for LaMelo, which I suppose it's possible, but still a lot. And Terry Rozier, who's got – I mean, he had a really good year last year, but is still hot and cold. The key is Hayward health, and you can, just can't trust that. Right. It's uh, it's unlikely yeah. at this point. And, and yeah, as far as, as, far as LaMelo – What's what's your take on that? Like, would you if you had to bet on it, would you would you bet on LaMelo taking a big jump in year two? I'm kind of on the my gut. My gut instinct tells me that he's going to kind of level out this year and then maybe have a jump in year three or four. My gut says the same thing. I think year three will be his big jump. I mean, next he'll still be good and might be a modest, like a slight improvement, but. The major, he'll still be awful on defense. That's going to take some time. Um, he still needs to just fill into his body more. That takes some time for younger players. The shootings, he shot it pretty well and better than I thought. I'm hoping that continues and it's not fluky. We'll see with that. And yeah, then the rest, I'm not a huge Ubre guy, even though he, he will give some highlights in transition. The only upgrade is Mason Plumley is a better player than Cody Zeller, but only by three percent. Four. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even necessarily agree with that. Oh, I do. Because he could at least pass and like, you know, catch the ball and dunk more. He's like just more athletic, which I think will fit with our team. Like he's better for running. Yeah, I guess the concern I have with the going from Zeller to Plumley is Zeller could switch a little bit. And that's what they did. I feel like that the Hornets did a, quite a bit of that. And Plumley is not, that's true. is not a switch center at all. So yeah, uh, that, I mean, it could be an offensive upgrade, defensive downgrade. I could buy that. Yeah, uh, that's, that's fair. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I know Plumley is, is known as a passer, but I think Zeller's a decent passer as well. And he's all, Zeller's got that little push shot. Um, you know, Plumley is also a uh, downgrade at the free throw line. Like he's just a terrible free throw shooter. So there's that to consider. See, I, I think it's, I think, that. It, I think it's debatable who's better, but yeah, I think Plumley was, was pretty decent for, for the Pistons last year. Um, let's hear who then you have at uh, number 26. So my 26 is the Houston Rockets. 
Okay, so a huge gap here. <laughs> wow. I like their future, but this year is going to be rough. I mean, yeah, they're uh, they're going to be they're going to be bad uh, record wise, but I think they're going to be fun as hell. I mean, Christian Woods fun. I mean, Jalen Green should be fun. Kevin Porter. I mean, Sangoon. I see the pieces. I just kind of want to see how it all looks first, I guess, before I get too excited because it seems like it could be a little just chaotic yeah that's that's fair yeah. and i mean they uh their their broadcast crew we've mentioned this on previous pods their broadcast crew not particularly good uh, so um you know as far as like the, i i don't know if i do you do you care for their like court designs jersey stuff i i don't feel like they're super inventive in, in that in that realm but they're fine yeah they, yeah, I'm, no strong feelings. A lot of the yeah, a lot of the secondary stuff that isn't on actual on the court content is uh, you know is questionable to below average. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get to where I have them. I have them a lot higher. Uh, so okay, uh, we'll, I'll talk. Find the young stock. I like it. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get there. But uh, yeah, so for. For my number 25, this is where I have the Chicago Bulls. Okay, we have a bit of a gap there. All right. I mean, I can understand some – I'm not as high on the Bulls' success this year just because I don't think they're going to be a good defensive team. <laughs> you know, it's – I uh, agree with that. Similar to, like, a Sacramento. Like, I think they might uh, – you know, um, people forget Sacramento finished – 11th in offense last year it was just they were absolutely terrible defensively you know the Bulls with Vooch, DeRozan, Levine I just you know they lost Thaddeus Young they lost Garrett Temple they lost Thomas Sadoransky a bunch of guys that uh, you know were were pretty good defenders they added Caruso and Ball but I think they you know got significantly worse on that end of the floor and they they were kind of a league average defense last year um I mean, I, I get that Levine is fun. Vooch is, is fun. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not high on, on their ability to win basketball games. And, you know, they, uh, Patrick Williams, I guess is to me, if, if they're going to be as good as some people are suggesting, yeah, he's going to be huge. Patrick Williams has got to make a huge leap. Yeah. So I guess we're the opposite of Houston. Or kind of like I agree, I'm not high on Chicago record wise this year. Yeah. But I am excited to see them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mainly the Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine backcourt, I think could be very fun and produce some very electric highlights. Uh, Vooch, I mean, offense, I think they could have a chance to be really good. I mean, DeRozan and Ball will bring a ton of playmaking, which they really needed last year. And so I think they can fill it up, and I'm excited for Patrick Williams year two. I mean, they got, I mean, they got some. I did like they get Caruso, so they could at least have like one more good defender at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be rough. So I like their highlight potential. I like their offensive potential, just watchability. But I agree, record wise, I think people are overhyping them way too much right now. I think they're a a playing team at best. 
Yeah. I honestly, I, you know, if I were the coach of that team, I wouldn't start DeRozan. I would start Caruso and yeah. Lonzo in the backcourt, put Levine at the three, Williams at the four, and Vooch at the five, and make yeah. sure you can, like, stagger DeRozan and Levine as much as humanly possible. Uh, That's why I always thought if DeRozan could just agree to it, I think he would be such a good six man. Yeah. But you're not. But it just, the Bulls are yeah, paying. it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Are what twenty-seven million? To, right. I don't think yeah, we don't live in that world, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there will be fun, and and you know, again, I have this team at number twenty-five, but this just goes to show you. I think each year we've done this, I feel like more and it, it gets deeper and deeper in terms of the teams that I just love. I, I expect to really enjoy for sure watching. Like, yeah, I would say, again, um, this would be like the Bulls go into another tier where, like, from 25 to 1, like, I plan on watching all of these teams a decent amount. <laughs> right. Sometimes, yeah, there's not huge differences. Even. Yeah. So uh, let's let's hear who you had then at, at your number 25. The Detroit Pistons. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit higher on them, Similar similar logic to, like, Houston, where, yeah, I don't think they're going to be good, but they've got some fun young pieces I'm excited to see. I'm excited I'm excited to see Kane. I liked Killian Hayes before. He had a brutal rookie year at the injury. I'm hoping he could bounce back in year two. Um, my boy, B. Stu, Isaiah Stewart, just playing his ass off and running into everyone. Yep, he's a guy. He's always fun. Him. If you're bringing him up in the league pass rankings, you know that uh, the, the, whoever's bringing him up watches league pass. Exactly. You got to do deep. But they, they have like they have a young core forming. And when you have that, that's at least exciting. Like you could see a path. They'll of course, be very bad this year. But, but the outlines there, they have some fun young players. So, you know, that gets them 25. Yeah, um, you know Jeremy Grant had a had a pretty great at least first couple of months yeah. of last season, but uh, he's he's a fun mm-hmm. guy to watch. Like I, I actually think they're going to be you know just from a wins loss standpoint, I I think this team is going to be better than a lot of people expect. You know, just given I think Cade Cunningham's got the potential to be a positive rookie. Uh, you know, you talk about Sadiq Bay was was pretty good last year. I like him. Jeremy Grant, like yeah. that's a pretty good core of a core of wings that they've got there. They added uh, Kelly Olynyk, who brings some a stretch element. I think he's also good for the development of young ball handlers and Killian Hayes and and Kate Cunningham, just providing that extra spacing. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'll just say I've got them at 19, so I'm a little bit higher. Just okay. not out of the the young talent. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart just you know bashing heads. <laughs> He's fun. They've got just is, a, that dude wrecks everyone in his path. <laughs> yeah, they they've just got some they've just got some fun pieces there. But uh, yeah, let's move on then to my number 24. This is where I've got the Washington Wizards. Okay, we're close. I have them at 20. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, this, this is another team that I expect to be that I expect to be better than, you know, I think the over under was set at like 34.5, something around there. Like I expect them to be closer to a 500 team. Uh, I, I think the, yeah, I kind of like them. Yeah. They, um, which is, um, 
I think a lot of people would be shocked to hear me say that, like, I think Dinwiddie is like pretty much nearly as good of a player as Russell Westbrook is. Uh, and then you factor in that they yeah. got deeper with KCP and Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell, some of their young guys. They're really deep. Yeah, like they've still got a top 25 guy in Bradley Beal. Like uh, this, I think this team's going to be decent. They're going to be reasonably fun to watch. Uh, I just don't take them super seriously as a contender. So that's probably why I'm not like crazy high on watching them a bunch, but you know, they're, they're going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Kuzma, Harold, they have Bertons, Thomas Bryant's coming back from injury. Uh, second year for Abja, whatever his name is, <laughs> yeah. David Bertans. Like they have, they could roll out a lot of different options. I think I'm hoping Wes Unseld's a better coach than Scott Brooks. We'll see. You never know. Yeah. Dinwiddie, I hope looks good off the injury too. We'll see, but that should be a backcourt. I mean, they have a lot of bigs. They're a little light on the the wing, but I. I would be pretty shot they're not a, a play-in team, at least. I think they'll be, as you said, a 500 team. Yeah, and, and similar to Chicago, where I suggested they should, you know, start Caruso and move Levine to the three, like, I think the Wizards should consider uh, consider starting Dinwiddie, Beal, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope and have one of those guys at the Oh, team. yeah. I think there's just there's there's not too many teams that are going to have a three that is just going to overwhelm you physically. So like, just start your best. Right. Guy. Yeah, I agree, and that would help you know clean up the front court rotation more too. But yeah, I'm with that. You mentioned Thomas Bryant as well. Yeah, he I think he's a fun league pass guy. Good, really good offensive player. Uh, not not the greatest center, but uh, he's fun to watch. No. Fun to watch. Dunks can shoot it a bit, Mass. So uh, let's let's hear then who you have at uh, at the number twenty four spot. I had the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, I've got the Cavs at twenty three, so we're we're <laughs> on the same page. Yeah, didn't love their off season. Um, with getting rid of Nance and bringing in Markinen. Uh, they're just kind of, uh, like, what do they do with Sexton in the backcourt? I do like Jared Allen. I liked Mobley before the draft. I'm curious to see how that works and how they're going to play their front court, what they do with Kevin Love finally. Uh, so there's still just some questions. I guess the only real optimistic thing is year three of Darius Garland, who I do like, and maybe he could be prone for a breakout, but the rest and I think they'll just be bad once again. I mean, maybe like a frisky bad, but bad. Yeah. Uh, the like, yeah, their, their backcourt is young and up and coming. And, you know, I still would say it's probably, uh, you know, an average to below a slightly below average backcourt given their defensive issues. But, um, you know, I, I yeah. also really like Garland. I expect him to take a leap this year. They're going to be fun. I think those two are going to be fun to watch. And, yeah, it's going to be fun to see Mobley at the NBA level. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I I agree with the not really liking their offseason. I thought they overpaid for Jared Allen. The um, the move for Markinen, like, I understand the idea that they wanted to, to trade Nance because he doesn't fit with their timeline of their young core and get something for him. But, like, I would rather just get – 
what the Bulls got in that three-way trade if, as the Cavs. I would have rather just gotten a first-round pick from the Blazers than get Lowry Martin. Right. Um, I don't 100% agree. And I think it's just an issue of, like, not understanding that a stretch four in today's NBA just doesn't have the value that it did in like 2010. Um, you know, <laughs> I, like, like if this is like 2009 and we're watching Richard Lewis dominate in the playoffs, like, yeah, I understand getting a guy like Lowry marketing, but in today's NBA with most teams playing like wings at the four, having a, a big that's seven foot that can't post up, can't protect the rim is like an okay rebounder and, doesn't do much else other than shoot. It's like you'd rather I'd rather just have a wing in that position, or rather just invested in in somebody that can play the three or the four and be more versatile and just be a better all around basketball player than just be a dude that's tall. I I agree. I mean, I think there were other teams that should have taken the flyer on marketing. I don't think the Cavs were that team. Yeah. There were other teams that made more sense for him. And I'm not even the biggest marketing guy, but I also now don't like the fit. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, they, they needed shooting. It's like, well, they, they still have Kevin Love on this roster. The, he's not leaving, apparently, uh, with a buyout. So, you know, you could get some shooting from him, uh, presuming like at some point he gets healthy. And maybe that is a, a, a big concern for them. But, uh, you know, I understand it from an offensive standpoint that you want shooting around like next to a Mobley, next to an Allen. But again, you can get that from a wing as opposed to a, a, a stretch big that doesn't do big stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're we're in pretty much agreement with uh, with that. So, again, I had you had the Cavs at 24. I had the Cavs at 23. Then who did you have at 23? I had the New Orleans Pelicans. Wow. Okay. So when we did this last year, I had the Pelicans relatively low and, and you, uh, you were shocked by that. And I think you had them fairly high the last couple I of years. They broke because they, they broke me last year. <laughs> yeah. They broke. I won't lie. I'm this, this, this is my, an emotional pick. Yeah. Like I, I honestly, I think, I maybe just like subconsciously put them a little bit higher, just knowing that I didn't want to like ups or upset you too much. But like now, I, <laughs> considering all of that. <laughs> okay, so they obviously get some points for Zion alone, right? Yeah, Zion is a unicorn and does things that like I've literally never seen before. But man, I mean, ho- and hopefully this year the Willie. I doubt it could be worse, but Willie Green has to be a better coach than Stan Van Gundy was for this team last year. Like, you would just think it would almost be impossible. This team last year in close games, like, was brutal. Yeah. Just brutal and defensively brutal. But now it's like, yes, Jonas Valanciunas is, like, slightly better than Steven Adams, I think, but I still don't love that fit. They have the Brandon Ingram Zion try to figure out. I did like they got my guy, Devontae Graham. I think he'll give them a bit of shooting, but this team will still be awful defense. And it's just like the vibes there. They're heading to Zion. I know I hate being the Twitter guy says this, but the Zion leaving thing 
could be very real if they're just terrible again next year, which I think they will be. Well, maybe like maybe playing wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, I, I just I'm not loving the path. <laughs> yeah, and like if, not loving it. Even if they get in the play-in and, and get and make like it and and get an, in as the seven or eight seed of the playoffs and just get swept in in the first round, is that enough to like excite Zion? Like, is that enough to just like completely alleviate right. all of his concerns? Uh, it's they're you know, playing with fire, and that to me is like a best case scenario. Like losing in five games in the first round to me is a like <laughs> would be. That's a- I agree. That's best case scenario. So. I, I agree as far as the, the wins and losses. And, yeah, Van Gundy, I will say Van Gundy, I think offensively did a decent job there last year and, and putting the ball in Zion's hands. That wasn't something that I think every coach would have done. Like, uh, I didn't really even envision that as something Zion would do in his career is be kind of a point forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, defensively it was a disaster. You know, I think he tried to basically play defense like the Milwaukee Bucks, but they had they had Steven Adams instead of Brooke Lopez. And, you know, they're, they're, Zion is not Giannis defensively. Like, they, um, no. them trying to take away the rim was not nearly as effective as a team with two elite rim protectors at, at their respective positions. So it was kind of like, you know, he – he just saw a team that he liked and how they played defense and that they were successful. And just like, regardless of his own personnel, just decided that was what he was going to do, which was, was strange. Um, and yeah, like watching sure. them defensively as well, you know, obviously the bucks give up a bunch of threes and the Pelicans did as well, but how wide open the threes were against the Pelicans was just ludicrous at times. It was laughable. Yeah. They were a mess half transition defense too was so bad. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it'll be much better this year. I will say like just the front court offense with Valanchunas, Zion and Ingram is going to be really fun. Uh, you know, like, Oh yeah. I mean, they'll smash some people. Absolutely. And I hope they, I hope they stagger Zion and Valanchunas a little bit as well and, and let, I hope so. Eat on second units and stuff, uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're going to brutalize teams at times. And uh, yeah, I think Devonte Graham gives them a fun, like you know, uh, I think they probably overvalued him because of his one skill set that he has, which is the off the dribble three point shooting. But you know, that is a skill set that they needed, and I think it will make them a little bit more watchable and a little bit more entertaining to, to, to see on the offensive end. I agree. I wish they kept Lonzo, honestly. Yeah. Strange, strange <laughs> decision, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't get a lot back either. So no. Uh, yeah. Real, real questionable. Uh, some of what Griffin has done in the last couple of years, but, uh, and, and also yeah. like, I'm not, uh, I'll just say I have them at, uh, I had them at 15. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, there's not a lot to get excited about as far as their, their young talent. Like, uh, you know, maybe Kyra no. takes a leap, but also like they just invested in Devonte Graham over him. Theoretically. Um, you know, Jackson Hayes has, Showed some flashes as a three-point shooter, but has shown very little in terms of, like, understanding the game of basketball yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I agree. I 
I don't love their young group outside of Zion. Yeah. But like, again, I, I think they're 15 for me primarily just because of Zion, Brandon Ingram, Valanchunas. Like I think those three are just going to be really fun to watch. Uh, Valanchunas was sneakily one of the more enjoyable guys uh, just beating people up last year for Memphis. That dude beats the shit out of people. (laughs) It's unbelievable to watch. So uh, let's move then to, uh, I'll mention my number 22. And this is in large part because I expect their best player to be absent for, if not all, the majority of the season. But this is where I have the Los Angeles Clippers. Interesting. Okay. I put them much higher despite that okay oh but in the weird way i want to see what it looks like despite that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and how much they can tread water if he comes back to the playoffs mainly because paul i'm just interested to see paul george having to be a number one option all season what that looks like yeah and like, how much do they fall in the west <laughs> I'm optimistic that they'll still be decent. Like I, I would be surprised if they're not a playoff team. Uh, Agreed. I just, it's like how much damage is done. Like, are they the seventh seed? Do they throw in a play in game, you know, or can they get to five, you know? Yeah. That just interests me. Yeah. I kind of see them in like the five to seven range. That would probably be where I would, I would place them, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're uh, they're still going to be entertaining. Like Paul George, Reggie Jackson, uh, they're they're still going to do. Hopefully, they'll still they've got enough depth there that they can still do some weird like small ball lineups that Ty Lue showcased in the postseason. Um, yeah, you know uh, we'll see what they do with uh, if Kennard is going to get a, a bigger role this year. Now that you know, obviously they traded Lou Williams to get Rondo, and now Rondo's on the Lakers. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, obviously, I think you'll have to almost, there's, yeah, there's opportunity for Kennard. We'll see. And, and they paid him a bunch of money. So we'll see what kind of a role he gets, but they brought back Batum. They've still got Marcus Morris, uh, Serge Ibaka will be hopefully back and healthy this year. So yeah, they've, they've still got like an okay amount of depth and, and all of that. And maybe I'm also like, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people find Kawhi Leonard sort of boring because he's kind of robotic in the way he plays, but I really love watching Kawhi play. So he's a big part of why I Me too. I had them number six last year. That injury was such a bummer for sure. I get it. My main question with them is Reggie Jackson. Can he do that again? Because that was insane in the playoffs. Yeah. like uh, He did not see that one coming. I'll be honest. He was like a, he was a legitimately good number three for that team. <laughs> yeah, he really was. Um, which, yeah, I uh, I wouldn't have said like uh, if you would have told me that a year or two ago, I would have said you were crazy. But uh, um, no, yeah. So let's hear Evan, who you have at uh, at number twenty two. You're wearing their shirt, the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> okay, so uh, much like Houston, a lot higher on uh, on this team's watchability. I do not your- love their offseason, okay. but I do love John Morant. Um, but, like, I didn't even like that they got rid of Grayson Allen. Like, this team needed shooting, and he was their one shooter. <laughs> uh, they've got Desmond Bain, who I think is actually better than Grayson Yeah. Well, he's bigger, but, like, they are deep. But, like, 
one of the teams that I actually think is too deep and should actually consolidate some of their players into a trade. Their roster is massive with seventh to eighth men. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so how they figure that out, I think, is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I mentioned I mentioned last year that a big part of why I had them low was because, and let's see, I had them 16th last year. The big part of the reason why I had them lower was just this whole idea of, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is not going to be there for a good chunk of the season. And yeah. that ended up being the case. And that prevented Ja from having, you know, the, the kind of the open paint, the driving lanes and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, now hopefully Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, he seems healthy. It looks like he's going to be ready to go from the start of the season. And I, I just think he makes he makes their offense so much more viable. I know a lot of people are concerned about the drop off from Valanciunas to Adams, and that is that is significant. But at the same time, um, you know, if you're getting elite shooting at the four spot uh, with with a Jaron Jackson Jr. and or playing Jackson Jr. occasionally when when Adams is on the bench at the five, that spacing I think it's going to do wonders for this offense. And they've just got how so he many- looks is huge. Yeah, they, they've got so many young guys. I mean, John Morant, Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman. Um, they've got, uh, yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr., of course. and uh, Brandon Clark still exists. <laughs> Brandon Clark is on this team. I mean, I just named seven guys that are all, what, like 25 or younger. Um, they're, I think they're going to be a team that gets a lot of internal improvement. I think this could be a breakout year for Ja. I mean, what we saw in the playoffs was yeah. very promising. Uh, I'm expecting Jaron Jackson Jr. We saw a couple of years ago prior to his injuries that like he was taking something like eight threes a game and hitting 40%. Like if he's back to that level of offensive player, this team could be very, very good. And I think they're just going to be a blast to watch. If Triple J is healthy plus shooting well, they definitely go up a lot too. Because I was worried about the Adams in the front court. I was like, man, this team doesn't need more clogging. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's less clog. <laughs> yeah, especially with, if you play Adams and uh, and Kyle Anderson in the starting lineup. Like if you're playing Anderson. Exactly. The, and Adams at the five. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's not ideal with the, with your spacing. So your Triple J is huge for them. Like I think a total swing piece for how that team is record-wise – and watchability. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping to see more of like, you know, and the other thing I, I think that, uh, you know, about Adams again, because they have Tillman, because they have Clark, because they have Jaron Jackson Jr. Like if Adams is just, you know, bad now, <laughs> you know, they, they don't have yeah. to play. <laughs> yes. You don't have to. <laughs> it's not mandatory. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Taylor Jenkins is a is a fantastic coach, uh, and again, I think they're he just a good like, coach. They're just one of the up and coming teams in the West. So, you know, I, I enjoy catching those sorts of teams that I feel like are on an upward trajectory, sort of on the ground floor. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I understand there's there's some concerns, and uh, you know, their offense was not not very good last year, and you know. If you uh, if you don't get the internal improvements from from their young core, like their offense could be worse, which you know makes it less fun. 
Yeah, that's the concern for me if they really want to break into the the big boy tier in the West. Yeah. So uh, you had Charlotte at uh, at 21. I also just wanted to briefly mention, uh, and I know you're very intimately familiar with the Charlotte broadcasting crew, and and I've mentioned... uh, Fantastic. I've mentioned Del Curry in the past. I think he's, he's great. They had Stephanie Reddy there for a while. She was great. Uh, the, the the play-by-play guy, Eric Collins, he probably gets more amped for, like, highlight reel plays than any announcer in the entire league. Oh, my God. He almost died during the Miles Bridge, Bridges dunk last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, I, it was just insane. Yeah, I, I, Eric honestly, I honestly thought he might have had an aneurysm. That was how, <laughs> how it was close. <laughs> yeah. But he like uh, screamed and then there was like a minute of silence. I was like, is he okay? Yeah. He just had to recuperate after that outburst. He he uh, needed a minute. (laughs) Yeah. So, so you had Charlotte at 21. I'll mention my number 21 and uh, I don't, I'm not sure if this is going to surprise you or not, because I think a lot of people are very high on this team, but at 21, I have the Miami heat. I have them a decent amount higher. 11. Yeah. So, um, obviously I'm a big fan of Kyle Lowry. I enjoy watching him play my big concern again with this team. And, you know, I I thought they were a joy to watch in their bubble run. Like it was fantastic that their ball movement, their passing, their shooting, um, you know, the isolation play of Butler, the all around brilliance of Bam, like Goran Dragic just being crafty, that uh, Tyler Hero having random explosions, like they were a blast. So, you know, I based off of that, I kind of had them. I, I think I had them 16th last year. Uh, but uh, you know, then I watched them in the regular season last year. Of course, there was the time without Butler, but like their offense, it was just Tough. such a slog. And I think yeah, a big, it was in the mud. A big part of that was, you know, going from Jay Crowder to like a Trevor Ariza at that four spot that never really panned out. And now I think it's even worse where you're going from Jay Crowder in the bubble to now it's PJ Tucker in that role. Um, You know, you just have Bam, Tucker and Butler offensively. I don't care how good of shooters like Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson are like the spacing in that starting lineup is just bad. Yeah, so I'm more intrigued to see them, but I'm kind of with you. I'm a little lower on them most record-wise. Like, I think some people think they could go top three in the East, and I think they're more 5-6 range. Yeah. They haven't figured out the four, as you said. To me, Tyler Hero is their swing player. How good he is. I mean, can he be bubble good or somewhere in between last year because he was just not good last year? So how he plays is huge. How Lowry looks at 35. Can he bring enough shooting to offset it? Because him, Butler, and Bam are going to have to have monster years for this team. Monster. Because the rest is shaky. And, you know, Bam improved the mid-range jumper last regular season, but then the postseason came around and that four-game series, like, didn't want to take a wide-open 15-footer with Brooke Lopez 12 feet off of him. <laughs> so yeah yeah it's uh it's concerning and yeah I, I have major issues and and question marks about uh age-related regression with this roster and uh similar to some other teams I mentioned like with with Chicago 
I, I think they should consider like downsizing a little bit and, and put hero in the starting lineup, play Lowry hero and Duncan Robinson with, with Butler and bam. Cause the other yeah. big issue is like, you know, with that sort of those small lineups with bam at the five, yes. Like it works defensively because of his ability to switch. But offensively, if you've got like PJ Tucker and Jimmy Butler, you don't get any of the benefits of playing small on that end of the right. Week. That's that's as clogged as clogged can be. I mean, PJ Tucker is like unplayable in offense at this point. Yeah, like he doesn't even hit like corner threes anymore. It's like a total zero. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, like he'll occasionally grab an offensive rebound, but then turn it over or miss a layup or. <laughs> but yeah yeah the amount of times he's getting he's just getting ignored combined with yeah his uh you know he at least with in his houston days he was making those uh making those corner threes and now that's even starting to to drop um but yeah they're uh they're a team like uh that again like even though they're at 21 i'm still going to watch a decent amount of the heat like i i expect them to make the playoffs even though yeah as you said like I would if I had to if I had to bet I would say it's like Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Atlanta, Boston might all be might all be above Miami. Um, I like Boston more than Miami too. Yeah, and heck, even New York could theoretically be above Miami. Like if if the Heat are the sixth seed or even in the play-in conversation, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but uh, yeah, so at number twenty, you had the Washington Wizards. At my number twenty. I did. Uh, at my number 20, I had the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're very close. I had them at 18. Yeah, so again, like... I kind of like them this year, though. I'm going to say it. I kind of like them. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would not shock me if they are the 10 seed and a playing team in the West. I'll say that. Would not shock me. So, like... I mean. My, uh, I brought this up when I did my tears pod with Justin Matcham, but like comparing them to the Spurs. So the Spurs okay. finished 13th on defense last year and Minnesota was like uh, 27th right. on defense. They were 25th <laughs> on offense. So like, you know, I like the, you know, if, if you had to pick between Minnesota's offense and San Antonio's defense, in terms of like their their ratings amongst the thirty teams, who would you expect to be higher amongst those two? Ooh, that's a good question. It's close, I would say. But you're, I would probably trust San Antonio a little more. You're probably right. And then on the other end, would you trust San Antonio's offense more or Minnesota's defense? Oof, I, I hate both those options. <laughs> I think they're both to be horrendous. Yeah. Okay, San Antonio. But here's my quick Minnesota case. Okay. One, they were ravished by injuries last year. Uh-huh. Ravished. Yeah. Two, Ryan Saunders was not a good coach, and Chris Finch is a better coach. And they'll have a full season of him now. Yep. Three... Second year of Anthony Edwards came on strong towards the end. I'm not the D'Lo, the biggest D'Lo guy, but him healthy helps. <laughs> it's better than his backup. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Malik Beasley, like, they should score. They should score a fair amount. Yeah. Um, Pat Bev at least can make them slightly better defensively. Like, what if they're the 12th best offense in the league and not a bottom 24th on defense? I, I think that world exists. I think the 12th on offense, that world exists. I don't, I mean, you're starting D'Lo, Beasley, and Carl Anthony Towns with Edwards, and, unders, with Edwards and undersized three. Like, I get McDaniels has some defensive talent, but I even think, like, with his thin frame, he's undersized playing at the four. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think their it defense does. is just going to be terrible. I mean, that's the other thing. I would probably about. bring Beasley off the bench if I were them. Yeah. I would probably start Beverly for a little more defense. Yeah, that's that's an interesting call. But let's see if they do it. Yeah, and go D'Lo, and is it just more of a combo? Yeah. Um, but we'll see. And, and, yeah, like, you know, you, you bring up stuff like, yeah, they were ravaged by injuries, and it's like, to me, though, D'Lo playing more, yes, helps their offense, theoretically. I don't know if it's a proven thing that he helps your offense at this stage, but I think at least a little. <laughs> but he also kills your defense, so more D'Lo means even actually worse defense for this team. I know. They're look. I'm not saying they're. I'm just. I'm making a ten seed case here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm making a ten seed case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's tough though because like yeah, there are we we talked about there is like what three maybe four teams in the East that aren't going to be like competing super hard. Like, there's how many teams in the West that aren't competing? There's Houston and OKC. That might be it. That's it. So Yeah, you're right. The rest will be competing. Even being the 10 seed means you have to get past San Antonio, which I already, by by asking you those questions about the offensive defensive yeah. ratings, that's kind of what I was getting at is, like, I think San Antonio is better than Minnesota next year. Um, Sacramento. They're, they're in the San Antonio-Sacramento group. Yeah. I would say would be like my next West tier. Yeah. And I think those teams are all fairly similar and it will honestly probably just come down to health. <laughs> right. Or who, or who gives up first. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think this team's going to be, I think this team's going to be really reasonably fun to watch. We've, we, uh, I've got to always bring, yeah. up, uh, um, Dave Benz and Jim Peterson on the, on the announcing call. Like, uh, you know, if, if I feel like what, if I tune into a Minnesota Timberwolves game, I'm always picking that broadcast. They're great. Uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is a joy to watch when he's healthy, especially on the offensive end. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what steps Anthony Edwards takes this year. And, and again, I think this is largely my feelings about like, you know, I, I typically uh, lean towards watching teams that are competitive and I think they're going to be, Probably one of the four worst teams in the West. I love Cat Edwards. To me, is in, if he can make more on offense, if he can make any defensive progress, I think is huge because he was. I mean, it's just so bad last year. Apparently, he grew two inches. They're they're claiming. I did hear that. <laughs> so uh, that, I mean, he's I, a ridiculous athlete. I mean, just ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, I think that he, he should be at least a better defense, but we'll see. Yeah, the going from what like six four to six six, I think that makes it a little bit more reasonable to play the three at the NBA level. Um, 
Right. So, so that is that is helpful uh, if that is actually true, <laughs> if the rumors are true. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so again, I had Minnesota 20, you had Washington at 20. I also mentioned I had yeah. Detroit at 19. Who did you, oh, and okay. I, I also wanted to mention, um, you know, we're, we're recording this, what, like uh, a little, a little over a month out from the, from the NBA season. But, uh, you know, we, we've gotten some, some news about some new jerseys, some new court designs. I, did you, did you see the new Pistons court design by any chance? Oh, no, I didn't. I'm going to Google that now. So I think it looks really nice. It's kind of, it's, it's pretty uh, minimalist, but it's got like blue baseline, sidelines, sort of a light wood uh, colored court. But like the paint is also the same color as the rest of the court. I think it's just, you know, simple, but, but nice. Oh, that is nice. I do like that. Okay. I mess with that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, uh, I love the, I love the George Blaha and, uh, Greg Kelser duo on, on those calls, I guess another reason why like Detroit, I, I considered Detroit even higher, but given I live in the Northwest Ohio area, uh, the, the Pistons games are blocked out for me. So it's like, you know, the, the Pistons games oh, right. watch are, uh, you know, three days after the fact that also hurts my ability to watch the Cavs too. Uh, I, I, right. I, I still do watch both of them a decent amount, but uh, yeah, they're, they're both probably, they fall a few slots just because of the blackout rules. But uh, yeah. Who did you, uh, Evan, have at, uh, at number 19? The New York Knicks. Okay. So we, we both had the Knicks at 28 last year and uh, listening back, it was uh, slightly embarrassing because we both were basically saying, yeah, the Knicks are going to be terrible. And, we we did not see any of uh, what happened last. Did year. not see that coming. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I'm I'm higher on the Knicks. I've got them at eleven. Okay, one. So they add they added shooting and playmaking, right? They got Kemba and Fournier, which they desperately needed as the playoffs showed. Their offense was brutal. Yeah. But one, a lot of money for Fournier. Two. Kemba's knees really scare me. <laughs> yeah. And it breaks my heart to say that as a humongous Kemba fan. And if that plan doesn't work out, I think we could go back to slog land. Can Julius Randle be as good as last year? And can they keep up their defense from last year? They just seem – they were so healthy too last year. And it was a weird season obviously with COVID, which I think is – big part why they got the four seed they simply just stayed healthy Mm -hmm. and tried so i think there are some regressions coming and kemba's knees scare me i think they'll still be in the playoff mix it's just the four seed drop and look they'll play their asses off hopefully quickly can take a step maybe ob top in he started again in the playoffs also asking that much of derrick rose again scares me can he do that again so I think there's just some reasons for regression, which will kind of put them middle of the pack. And that's why I kind of have a middle of the pack league pass rankings. I just think they're really deep. You know, they, they go three deep, they, you know, they go three deep at point guard with, with Kemba, Derek Rose, and quickly they go three deep at center with, uh, with Taj, Noel, and uh, um, Mitchell Robinson. They get Mitchell Robinson back. I do yep. like, I'm excited for that. 
And uh, yeah, I think Fournier is an upgrade over um, uh, Bullock. They uh, Bullock, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, offensively, no question. Yeah, and uh, I don't think it's a, as big of a downgrade defensively either uh, as as some people would suggest. And yeah, mm-hmm. his his ability to handle the basketball, some like bringing back Burks. Uh, yeah, they're just a deep team. They, they brought, they, they bring in a couple of, of rookies as well in, in Grimes. And, uh, they also drafted, um, that, uh, that point guard out of West Virginia. I'm blanking on his name right now, but, uh, uh, another sort oh, of, yeah. another sort of three and D guy. So they, they've got a decent amount of depth on that roster. I think their, their defense is going to be sound. I think their offense is going to be a little bit better. I get that the the East as a whole is improved this season. So yeah, I could, yeah, because of that, I could see them dropping from four to say like seven or something like that. But uh, you know, again, if, if they had a better record than the heat next season, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. They are deep and should be a little more versatile in their lineups. To me, the question, RJ is their swing player. Right. How I big is his third year jump? Yeah. And what kind of role is he going to play now that they have two more ball handlers with Fournier and Kemba? I'm interested to see how that works. I don't know if it'll be a good or bad thing, honestly. I'm RJ. I'm so mixed on. <laughs> right. I, I think they've got they've got a lot of outs as far as you know. You mentioned the load that Derrick Rose had to carry last year, but like again, bringing back Alec Burks, having Kemba this time around, hopefully improvement from quickly you expect hopefully a leap from from rj barrett i think they might have some more outs as far as that uh that ball handler that uh initiator into their offense right and also not be reliant as relied on julius randall uh but uh, as far as just like this is a league pass team i mean mike breen and uh walt clyde frazier great on the call classic that, their uniforms, their court, the, you know, the atmosphere at MSG, all of that is sublime. Uh, and, you know, I, I think they're going to be a competitive basketball team night in and night out. You know, when I was just like thinking back on some of the best games I saw last year, you know, the Knicks took part in, in quite a few classics in the regular season. Yeah, for sure. I went to one of their playoff games against the Hawks too. MSG was insane. Yeah. You so tell. I'm, glad, I'm glad the garden's back. You could tell just watching it on TV that 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 was like a, a level beyond a, a typical even playoff atmosphere. Oh my! It was yeah. My ears hurt for a couple of days. It was rocking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So I had the Knicks at uh, at eleven. You had them at nineteen. So let's move to my number eighteen squad, which is the and and I, I should preface this with. This this will depend on a, a potential future trade that the team may or may not make, but I've got the Philadelphia yeah. 76ers here at 18. I put them at 15, kind of right in the middle, basically for that same logic. I don't know what's going to happen, what they're going to get, so it's just it's kind of hard. Well, and Embiid is was just so fantastic last year. He alone, I think, puts them at this spot for me, I I'm not super excited about the rest of the roster. I don't think a lot of their, a lot of the supporting pieces there are that fun. I guess Seth Curry to a certain extent, but uh, you know, Tobias Harris, a good player, not the most entertaining guy in the world. Um, You know, 
Ben Simmons as, as much as he has issues, like, you know, he's a reasonably entertaining guy to watch and uh, whoever they bring in might not be. Uh, so for sure. So yeah, I, I have some concerns, but yeah, Embiid, Embiid is, uh, is worth the price of admission on his own. I love Embiid. Monster. Hope he can stay healthy with whatever they surround around him. But yeah, I, I have him in the middle because it's just too many things are up in the air. The rest of the roster is solid, but not flashy. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's another thing that like, you know, one of the most disappointing elements of, uh, of league pass is when you get really excited, like a couple of days ahead of time for some matchup that's coming up and it's like, you know, Oh, it's going to be Sixers versus the Nuggets. You get to see Jokic Embiid, and then you you turn on the game. It's like, well, Embiid is sitting tonight. It's like, oh gosh darn it! So that, that also is yeah. He's, he's going to miss probably fifteen games at least, just because of uh, rest or at least. So that that also is a, is a bit of a drag at times. So uh, I had the Sixers at eighteen. Evan, who did you have in that uh, in that spot? That's where I had Minnesota. Oh, okay. And then you had uh, you had Indiana at seventeen. Yeah. So we'll move to my number seventeen then, and that is the Dallas Mavericks. Wow, I had them higher, but okay. I think uh, I think a big part of this is the uh, you know the Jason Kidd hiring, <laughs> going from Rick Carlisle to Jason. Uh, I know, I know. I don't think they're going to be as good. Uh, The, the other issue is like, I think they got slightly better, you know, bringing back Tim Hardaway Jr. Bringing back Boban uh, signing Reggie Bullock. Like, you know, Bullock is a good fit next to next to Doncic, a guy that plays defense. And I like that move spot up shots, but they didn't (laughs) fix their biggest issue, which was secondary playmaking though. They're still like heavily reliant on Jalen Brunson, which I think at the highest levels is just, too much of a role for him. I think he he had a great regular season, and if he's like a secondary playmaker on your second units, I think that'd be good. But if he's the guy you're putting the ball in the hand in his hands every possession, I think that's just too much to ask. So that's a little bit disappointing. I mean, similar to Joel Embiid being worth the the you know worth the uh, the league pass viewing by himself like Luka Doncic is worth it as well he's obviously one of my favorite individual players to watch but this team as a whole is just you know they're uh you know I'm, I'm not as high on Porzingis at this point and uh you know they just kind of are who they are and I expect them to slightly disappoint given the the coaching swap which again going from arguably a top five coach to a bottom five coach so I had Dallas at 10, and okay. it's mainly just because of Luka. And I think it's a year he could have an MVP, MVP run. But you're right. Of course they coaching downgraded. My only question is, can Jason Kidd at least be a better version of the previous coach? Like, did he learn some things? <laughs> like, yeah. will he not be quite as bad, you know? Right. Can he, can he not actively, you know, shoot this team in the foot? But you're, I like Reggie Bullock. The poor Zangus thing now is just, like, brutal. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. Can't get trade for value. I think the best world is you have to hope he's healthy enough and he could at least be okay and hit some threes. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, 
it. It's it's like it's sad, <laughs> but it's it's like the truth at this point. It's all you can hope for. Yeah, and you know, people say playing the five more, but you know, at times he looks like he can't even move. So. Yeah, that was that was the big issue. The big drop off for him was like this idea that, yeah, similar to like Lowry Markinen, where he just became a pure four that can't post up. Um, right. Because like, yeah, he he wasn't uh, good enough as a rim protector at the five. And yeah, he even as a uh, even as a five, his mobility was was pretty terrible. So, yeah, defensively, he just didn't really give you much. And then at that point. Like, yeah, he spaces the floor. He can spot up from 30 feet and knock down shots. Um, it's hard to contest his threes as well. But at the same time, it, it gets to the stage where it's like, yeah, you, you probably, you know, if you're talking about seven, three guy that his main skill is shooting, I'd, I'd probably rather just have a wing there. No question. And the injuries, I think, taking a toll, even on offense, Younger KP had like a nice pump and go game. And you just don't see that a lot now. So you're right. I'm excited to watch them because of Luca, but as a team, I think they're, they're stuck in first round exit land for the near future. So this, uh, this next spot, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't come up yet for you because this team I've always, in, in the three years we've done this, I've always been higher on this team. But at 16, this is where I have the Toronto Raptors. You'll be shocked how high I have the Toronto Raptors. Interesting. So, I mean, before I get into why I've lowered them a little bit, I mean, tell me why you're, you're higher on them this year from a watchability standpoint. So last year they had just a year from hell. I mean, yeah. they I think win the year from hell award. I mean, COVID injuries, playing in Tampa, like it was just awful. I think this year back in Toronto, fresh start. I love OG. I think he took a lot of steps last year. I think he'll even be better this year. I think Siakam bounces back. It's gone too far the other way. He's still a really good player. Chris Boucher took a big step. Fran Van Fleet took a big step. I think Makai Flynn will take another step. I think they have a good young core. They're obviously really well coached in Nick Nurse. Even though they did lose Lowry, uh, I even like Gary Trent a bit. I think this will be a good team and better than people think. Yeah, I, I'm excited I to watch them. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, my my biggest concern about this team is going to be on the offensive end, though I still think that's going to be a bit of a struggle. Um, this team is as high yeah. as it is because of my excitement to watch them defensively. I think they're going to be a joy to watch on that and their ability to switch, just smother smother people and prevent them from even like getting in getting a foot into the paint. Like uh, I, I was reading an article that like yeah, the Raptors are coming up with a, a new defensive philosophy instead of having like, you know, your, your backline, your Rudy Gobert, your Joel Embiid type rim protector as your, your backline of your defense. How about your rim protection is just don't allow penetration in the first place. <laughs> um, they, yeah. Uh, they, they've got that, uh, that kind of defensive talent across the board, like Gary Trent Jr. is their worst defensive player in their starting lineup, most likely. Uh I'm, I'm excited to see what Scotty Barnes looks like. 
Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I probably dropped them some because, again, I'm just such a big Kyle Lowry fan. It's sad to see him no longer with with Toronto. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I, I always watch plenty of the Toronto Raptors, and I'm I'm happy that you've joined the bandwagon, Evan. Also, great uniforms. They're new purple ones, too, with the black. Chef's kiss. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Just fantastic. And I'm hoping – that uh, that they play in Toronto this season, not another year in Tampa Bay. Um, That's I know. I felt so bad. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, not only for their ability to have success, but even just for the the mental health of their players and and uh, no question and team members. So let's uh, let's hear who you have then at uh, number sixteen. So this team I put in the middle because I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I have the Portland Trailblazers. Okay, I have them 13, so we're, we're pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. I like that they got Larry Nance. They really needed a, that kind of player, and he should really help their defense, which was horrendous last year. Obviously, I don't know how the Dame thing is going to play out, but if he stays, he is still super fun to watch, so you can loan and so is CJ. It's an electric backcourt. But me, it's, I mean, how can, can Nurk finally stay healthy? Can they hold up defensively? Um, what's the path to get out of first round exit plan? And that I don't know without kind of a blow it up. They also have a coaching change to be interesting to see with Billups. But they they just seem... The seventh seed in the West again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the the whole thing about like Portland's defense. I feel like I'm I'm duped every year. And it's, uh, you know, you talk about, yeah, Larry Nance Jr., Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic, Norman Powell, uh, Cody right. Zeller. I think those are all like at least average to above average and sometimes well above average guys there and that's like five of their main eight or nine guys but it's also I think you know at some point we have to just recognize if you're starting Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in the backcourt and you're bringing in Ann Fernie Simons and you're playing Norman Powell you know up a position at the three you might just be limited in your ability to play defense at a even an average level we'll see maybe Billups yeah. can get more out of this group than than Terry Stotts did but at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, it's been enough years of this really terrible defense that, like, maybe that's just who they are at this point. My guess to that is, yes, that is who they are. Yeah. And and that's why they need to decide if they're going to trade CJ and either try to surround Dame with, like, wings or they just fully blow it up and trade Dame. Well, and the, the interesting thing about uh, about Zeller as the backup center is like, I thought he was a good fit with the defensive personnel in Charlotte because of the switching. Whereas Charlotte, you know, yeah. um, I think with with Hayward and uh, with with PJ Washington, like they had a decent sized front court that could all switch like six, eight to six, ten. Um, but like with Portland in there and and even the even the backcourt, you know, with Terry Rozier and, and LaMelo, like those guys at least have some size. Uh, right with this Portland team like you can't switch you can't switch with Anthony Simons Damian Lillard CJ McCollum you just can't so 
it'll be interesting to see if Zeller is able to have the same level of impact in his minutes in Portland that he had in, in Charlotte. They host because, I mean, a backup five was a huge issue for them last year, too. Yeah, his huge, terrible defensively. Terrible, just terrible. So I think Zeller could be a little bit better than that, but you're right. He's he he's not solving all your problems. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Damian Lillard, we saw in the playoffs his 55 point outburst against uh, against Denver. Oh my god, that game was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Night to night in the regular season, he's just he's capable of going for 60. <laughs> you never you never yeah. know. And he he is an extremely fun to watch. CJ McCollum started taking a page from him in the first month of the season was was just taking a ridiculous amount of off the dribble threes and making them. And then he got hurt and never really got back to that. I'm hoping that CJ uh, with, with a full off season healthy can, can get back to, you know, yeah. Jacking up, having both of your starting guards, jack up 10 threes a game and both hit close to 40%. Like that's just right there. Your offense is going to be insane. Um, they're, they're going to be sure. fun to watch on, on that end of the floor. And yeah, there's enough intrigue with some of their new acquisitions and with Phillips at the helm that, you know, I'm curious, but yeah, I, right. if I had to bet, are they going to be, you know, is it going to be the same old Portland Trail Blazers or is it going to be some new and improved actual contender? I'd probably go with the, the same old Blazers. Me too. So uh, at, uh, at 15, that's where I had the Pelicans and you had the Sixers. As far as the Pelicans, I've got to mention as well, uh, Antonio Daniels. I think he's uh He's one of the guys that kind of came out of nowhere last season for me and was, you know, very quickly shot up my list of color commentators in the NBA. So he definitely boosts up this Pelicans rating up to 15 as well. And then moving on to number 14, I had the Denver Nuggets here. Oh, I had them at five. So so I had the Nuggets at number uh, at number three last season. And mm. let me just explain my main logic behind why they're this low. And this is the absolute the Jamal Murray <laughs> with them. And yes, you, you said it, it's yeah. Jamal Murray. And I also know myself enough to know that like, there's something in my brain that also says, <clears throat> I only like watching teams when they're at full strength to kind of get a sense of, okay, even in the regular season to get a sense of, okay, how's this team going to look in the playoffs? And so I already know that I'm probably not going to watch much Denver Nuggets basketball until Murray comes back, which is likely going to be, I don't know, January or February. So just that alone means they're going to come, they're going to drop quite a bit, but then as soon as he comes back, they might be the team I watch the most for the rest of the season. Um but And also, like, just given the playoff run that we saw from them last year, we also got to see a good chunk of the end of last regular season with them without Murray. So I kind of know what the team is without Jamal. The only, like, uh, I guess, uh, interesting things to look out for is, like, you know, Michael Porter Jr. potentially taking a little leap. And also, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Bones Highland if he gets out there as well. I mean, so, yeah. I'm similar to Jamal Murray. I'll watch a ton when he gets back, of course. But in the meantime, even though we've seen it, I'm pumped for a year of Jokic solo. And can he even be better than an MVP year? He showed he could win a round by himself. Yeah. 
And now Jamal Murray, but hopefully they at least have guards. Because remember in the playoffs, they like were they PJ Dozier was out, Will Barden was missing time. Hopefully those guys can at least be healthy and Bones Highland, as you said, can contribute. Then I think they can function okay. Michael Porter takes another step. They got Jeff Green, who I, I like the fit. So I still think they'll be very entertaining to watch. They may suffer a little more record-wise, I think, during the Jamal Murray absence. But, I mean, Jokic is my favorite player to watch, too. So it just <laughs> I just can't put him that low. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I feel like um... – you know, this Nuggets team fully healthy is like mid fifties wins, maybe closer to high fifties. Whereas like without Murray, I think of them more as like 50 or low fifties. I think yeah. Jokic at this stage, I mean, we saw it with his MVP year, even after Murray went out, they still just kept rolling along winning regular season games. I mean, I, I think he's just 50 wins and, you know, with, with an average supporting cast, I think he's that good. And yeah, I think people are sleeping on a potential back-to-back MVPs for Jokic because again, he's he's an Iron Man. He's very durable. He's likely going to play a bunch of games. And if Denver's like, say, the three seed in the West with Murray missing yeah. 50, 60 games, and Jokic puts up ridiculous counting stats as he always does, like I think he he could go back to back. Absolutely. There is a world where he's better and he goes back to back. In Vegas, I placed a, a long shot bet on the Nuggets to win the finals. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I um, if Jamal Murray comes back and gets hot, yeah, I took the value. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's an interesting call. I I'm just a little bit concerned about like I expect Murray to come back, but it's like it's it's another thing for him to come back and then be what we saw right right Murray um so and and I think that's the kind of Murray they need to win a championship frankly um for sure it is so but yeah that's an interesting bet I'm sure the odds are pretty good like or I guess pretty low but good payout odds uh on they were so I was like why not right uh but uh yeah again and, and I agree Jokic is maybe my favorite player in the NBA to watch yeah. so like again they're at 14 despite the fact that like you know they don't have their second best player for a good chunk of the season but I yeah I do I do love me some some Jokic so uh mm-hmm. let's hear who you had at the uh, the 14 spot 14 is where I had Chicago oh gotcha yeah okay yeah very very high on the Bulls interesting uh was there anything else about Chicago mm-hmm. you wanted to mention before we we move on No, uh, I wonder if Levine could be better or continue, like how good of a scorer he can really be, or maybe round out his game too. I'm hoping a it's little a little bit more. like for him. I feel like it needs to be a defensive improvement, and we saw a little bit of that in his USA showing. I thought he looked better defensively there, but exactly uh, defense, maybe a little more playmaking. If he could round out his game, I think that that's something to watch for. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, I, I mentioned I had Portland at my number 13 spot. Who did you have there? The defending Western Conference champion, the Phoenix Suns. Okay, so I am significantly higher on, on Phoenix. Uh, great run last year. A lot of fun to watch. I mean, 
I think they'll be soft. People are saying they're going to regress a lot, and I think they're going to be a very good team, and I think a top four seed again. The thing that concerns me are one, at some point, Chris Paul is going to get old. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to happen. And he just went through a big run. So I think this team could start a little slow this year. And come two. Not that I don't trust them. It's just like, can they do it again? And they're just not like the flashiest team. They're just solid kind of everywhere. Besides, I mean, Devin Booker could get super hot. But they're just good defense, corner threes, just solid. So this is a little more due to a lack of flash lower rather than them as a team, I would say. That's fair. And yeah, I, I don't expect regression from them as a team at all. I, I expect them to be better. I mean, other than Chris Paul, like this whole roster is incredibly young uh, and, and should be improved. Yeah. And even Booker, he's 24. Like, why can't Booker get better? Um, it's, it's in the cards for sure. And yeah, like Chris Paul, you know, he, uh, he had a whole bunch of issues in the playoffs with the shoulder, with COVID, with, um, with a wrist injury near the end, but he's done, you know, he, he switched over to that like plant diet a couple of years ago. And like, at least for the regular season, he's been a lot more durable the last couple of years. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily as concerned about CP three, but also I think, you know, this could be a year where maybe the team decides, on back-to-backs, occasionally just resting him and relying oh, on some of their depth. I think that might be a good idea just to give him some some rest and no make question that he's at his best when it matters. But uh, yeah, like I think it's a they got fun uniforms, they got a fun court. I like their broadcast crew. Um, they uh, yeah, I, I agree. They're not like the flashiest team, but like, I enjoy watching Chris Paul. I enjoy watching Devin Booker. I, I like seeing uh, DeAndre Ayton. I think he's a fun guy to watch. Mikael Bridges seeing his little, uh, you know, mini improvements that he makes in his off the dribble game um, there. Yeah. And again, I, I lean towards really good basketball teams. So that's why I'm, I'm higher, but, but yeah, I understand it there. Uh, you know, um, like, you know, we, we talked about Damian Lillard already, but like, yeah, Damian Lillard as an individual player is probably more exciting than any, any of the individual guys uh, that, uh, that Phoenix. Exactly. Phoenix is a team I'll enjoy watching more in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So at my number 12, this is where I had, uh, and we talked about them a while ago now, this is where I had the Sacramento Kings. I had them at 12. Wow. Super high on them. And another thing that, uh, you know, I, I glossed over this uh, information. I didn't, I wasn't even aware of it heading into last year, but like Mark Jones as their primary play-by-play guy on league pass is also nice. <laughs> That's true. That is fun. What a snag for them. Yeah. He's just a, he's a professional. He's, he's very solid, fun guy. And uh, yeah, he, uh, he just adds a little bit of, a little bit of uh, extra oomph to, to their ranking. But, yeah, who did you have at 12? The Utah Jazz. Okay. So, yeah, uh, the, the trend continues where I'm, like, at least seven or so spots ahead on Utah <laughs> than you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, have, I think they're a little bit higher. 
for you than they've been in the past at 12? Yeah, I mean, they're, I like watching them, but they're very, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. Vibes. And man, did they leave a sour taste in my mouth in the playoffs. And so now the question is like, they're going to win 50 wins. I'm sure again next year, they'll move the ball. They'll play good defense. One can Mitchell take another step, which he looked like at times in the playoffs. He was before he got hurt. So that's the interesting part. But man, and also I'm a little scared that they get to the playoffs and face a wrong matchup and lose in the first round. And, it's the year where shit finally hits the fan. Yeah. Do they try to trade Bogdanovich or Ingles to try to get some more point of attack defenders, which the playoffs showed they really need? Yeah. So that's why they're told, like, I enjoy watching them. I think they will be good. They're not the flashiest. I'm kind of worried about their playoff ceiling, too. But I guess that's kind of a separate than league pass category. Yeah, I, um, you know, yeah, I, I understand it was it was disappointing for a team like facing the Clippers without Kawhi to bow out there, but like you know, Mike Conley was hurt, Donovan Mitchell was he dealing was. with an ankle issue, and I also think the Clippers was just the worst possible matchup for them, regardless of Kawhi. Oh, it was. Like, they're they're yeah. the one, they're the one team in my mind that is capable with their roster of going five out with five guys that can all shoot and can all put the ball on the floor and can all get to the rim and finish. Like, so it was the worst matchup. Yeah. So I think like their, their playoff struggles are a little bit overblown again. A couple of years ago, it was Bogdanovich um, missing the bubble. Then it was Conley getting hurt. Then yeah, it was the Conley Mitchell uh, situation last year. So they've never really been, fully healthy when it mattered. And I think if they are and they're not facing like a terrible matchup for them, which again, I think like if you look at the rest of the the best teams in the league, like you look at Phoenix, you look at the Lakers, you look at Milwaukee, um, you know, even Brooklyn, I don't think any of those are just like straight terrible matchups. Maybe Brooklyn, maybe Brooklyn can do somewhat what the, uh, the Clippers were able to do with them. But you know, those other teams, like I think Utah matches up to them pretty well. I mean, they should, look, if they're in the conference finals, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't know. I'm just, they're like so close. <laughs> but I, they're just missing like one thing. So it's just like, I don't think they've gotten into a true championship contender lit. Maybe if everything breaks right, but I, I would not put money on it. Yeah, like I, I think the big the big step that Mitchell could make to really help this team is becoming a better defender. And oh, know, for sure, I think him his level that he was playing at offensively was good enough for them to be a championship team. They just needed somebody other than Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal playing defense on that team. And uh, if he could be, they that, really did. If they if he could be that third defender, um, that that would that would help them immensely. But, uh, yeah, I think they're a fun team to watch. I think that they've got a bunch of guys on their team that can get hot and, and really light it up. They're, yeah. they're really good on both ends of the floor. As you said, they're, 
they're going to win 50 plus games. I, I think them and Phoenix are probably my, I guess, yeah, Utah, Phoenix and Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I think those four teams, I would be very surprised if they're not the four teams with the best records in the league and, and, and two in each conference. But uh, yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's move to number 11, which is this is where I had the the New York Knicks and just wanted to uh, make one quick comment before we move on, because we already talked about the Knicks a, a bunch. But uh, their classic edition uniforms. Did you see these by any chance? I think there was like four oh, I did. teams that leaked their uniforms and I really like the Knicks ones. They're like all white with sort of a Navy blue lettering and, and sort of an orange and Navy blue trim on them. Uh, really, really, really nice uniforms. I think will go well with the, the court design and everything. I saw them too. They're clean. They're clean for sure. And then at 11, you, that's where you had the Miami heat. So yep. moving into our top 10, you had the Dallas Mavericks in your 10 spot. At my yep. 10 position, I had the Boston Celtics. Okay. I had them at eight. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, they're, uh, I'm curious to see what the cha- the coaching change does for this team going from Stevens to Yudoka. And then, uh, you know, I, I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two two stars in the making, two all-star caliber players and Tatum maybe leaping closer to a top 10 level player. So they've got the star talent. That's fun to watch. They've got some intriguing young talent. Still. I, I liked what I saw out of uh, Aaron Neesmith and summer league. Um, they've, you know, Robert Williams showed some, some really impressive signs at times in the last couple of postseasons, and uh, yeah. bringing in, bringing in Al Horford and Dennis Schroeder, uh, some some veteran help for this roster. They've still got Marcus Smart, who of course is a fun guy to just watch uh, mix it up on defense and get under the opposition skin. They're yeah, they're they're a fun team to watch. They're going to be good. Um, and and yeah, I feel like eight and ten respectively is a is a reasonable position for them. I like Boston this year. I think there'll be a top four seed in the East. Interesting. I think Jalen. I think Jason Tatum can take that top 10 step and even dark horse, dark horse MVP candidate. Ooh, I like it. I think he's really, really fucking good <laughs> in the yeah. playoffs and if he's healthy with Jalen Brown, that wing tandem is still as good as it gets, especially smarts healthy. I like the Schroeder and Al Horford pickups. They're deeper. I think they're more versatile in their lineups this year. Robert Williams to say healthy is huge. Both Payton Pritchard and Neesmith will be better this year. I think the coaching upgrade, I'm not sure how Udoka will be as a coach, but I did think they just needed to mix it up in general. Did you think so? I think coaching upgrade, you think it's an upgrade? I think they needed to uh, uh, mix it up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when a good coach just gets stale, that it had that feeling. Mm -hmm. So I think. He may not be a, like a tactical upgrade, but I think a, a new voice could be good and just kind of a fresh start. Yeah. So I like that. I think they'll be fun to watch and a good team this year. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of the issue from just a entertainment standpoint in, in seasons past was just the, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, going to the mid range, going to the three point shots. It was kind of just like saying, 
the same sort of possessions over and over again. But now with Schroeder, uh, hopefully providing some zip, some driving, getting to the rim, Horford providing more of like a dribble handoff actions and that sort of thing. You're yeah. like, not only do those guys, I think, make them better as a team, but I think they also make them better just from a league pass ranking standpoint because it mixes up the what they're doing offensively. And it's fun to have that as the viewer. Oh, for sure. They, I mean, they were, they were stale last year. So they, they needed those kind of players for sure. All right. So moving to number nine, who did you have at that spot? It's where I had the Clippers. Okay. Well, yeah. And, um, the Clippers had Billups last year, right? As their uh, as their color commentator, yeah. I, I haven't looked into who they've replaced that with, but um, I've never been a huge fan of their broadcast. I don't know if that's going to change this year, but I guess uh, a, a new voice in there might be good. Hopefully, but uh, yeah, my uh, my number nine is the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, I have them at four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, defending champions, obviously, uh, you know, a really, really great team. It's, it's another one of those things though, where, you know, it's coach, Bud. I know what they're doing. They're, they're playing the drop back defense. Yeah. They're taking stuff away in the paint on offense. You're, you're running in transition with, uh, with Giannis in the half court, you're isolating Giannis, you're running pick and roll. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would almost describe the Bucks slightly as stale, despite the fact that it's not stale in terms of its effectiveness, just as an effective stale. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, they, they brought in Grace and Allen, uh, which you mentioned you were a little yeah. disappointed. Memphis just kind of let him go. Um, but uh, brought in Grace and Allen, they should hopefully have DiVincenzo back. They lost PJ Tucker. So they might, they might go a little bit smaller this year and, and play more guards and maybe more three guard lineups. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to be, they're going to be excellent. And they're, they're going to be a contender once again for the NBA championship. Agreed. I think they could even be better this year. If with Grayson and Dante, if he takes another step forward, and yeah, you're right. I mean, you know what it is with Bud, but I also think there's just something now. They can just exhale. They won the championship. Yeah. I think that would be huge for this team just to have the pressure off. Maybe Bud is willing to try more things, especially on offense now. And I just love watching Giannis. He's just just amazing to watch. So that's mainly why they're high up. for. Yeah, the... Um... The whole Giannis thing is it's going to be fascinating. Like I, I think he could take, yeah, given what you were just talking about, the whole idea of being able to take a sigh of relief. I think that's, that's never more important for a star player, you know, to be able to say I've won, I've hundred percent that goal and now I can relax and just play basketball and maybe we'll see less of the whole free throw issues because he's been able to, you know, get over that hump. Yeah. Um, and deal with all of the the chanting that went on in the playoffs last year by opposition fans. Yep. But uh, yeah, I, I totally get having them at uh, at number four. So you had Boston at eight. My number eight was the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, I have them at two. 
And you had them, you had them at 22 last season. So that's probably your biggest leap. I would, I would assume. It is because last year I knew what I was getting mainly this year. I don't love them as a team. Actually, I think they're overhyped, but I can't wait to see how they try to fit this together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially. <laughs> I with- mean, I'm fascinated. Yeah, uh, especially with the recent news of uh, them trading Gasol. So now they've really, they're fully committed to centers that can't shoot uh, around Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious as well. And, and yes, I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too high on this, uh, on this team. I think in the regular season, like, would it shock you if they're an average to slightly below average offense, given their lack of spacing? If they fall below 15, I think I would be surprised. Yeah. But average, I can see. Yeah, like I think they'll still be good defensively, given Vogel. That's his strength as a coach. <laughs> I mean, LeBron and Davis are still strong defenders. Uh, and again, yeah, if you're if you're playing Dwight Howard, you just playing two traditional bigs typically makes your defense pretty darn good. But uh, right. yeah, like, you know, they're just going to have such, <laughs> such limited shooting groups. And then the, and then the groups that aren't limited shooting wise are the ones that are really sacrificing your defense. If you throw Carmelo in there or Malik Monk. That's, how they figure out their lineups, I think, is going to be fascinating because they're going to have to do so much offense-defense balance. I mean, Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk and Mello, all offensive players, how much they play AD at the five. How is Westbrook, how they split the ball handling between Westbrook and LeBron? I mean, there's just so many questions. Um, I mean, Baysmore, Taylor Horton, Tucker. I mean, they're they're deep but the puzzle pieces may not also fit or at least take some time so i mean i just i mean i can't wait to watch i don't russell westbrook i think will help them on the random january in orlando when no one gives a shit and he does (laughs) yeah i think that issue is going to bear itself more in the playoffs (laughs) Yeah, the, the lack of spacing, you're saying? Yeah. The lack of spacing. But I think regular season, I think just through sheer force and physicality, they will just beat up a lot of teams, which will give them some room to tinker. But, yeah, I I can't wait to see. And, of course, LeBron, at his age, coming off injury, what he looks like, you never want to doubt him because he still is LeBron James and the ultimate problem solver. But... This this is a challenge. This is a big challenge for him. <laughs> yeah, and I think in the regular season they're just going to win a lot of their games just by being a top five defense and uh, yeah. scoring enough to to get through it. And yeah, like that's one of Westbrook's greatest strengths is like he'll help your team score. It'll be inefficient scoring, but he'll help you score. And if the Lakers right. are able to make their opposition like extremely inefficient, which I think they're more than capable of, that's that's a you know, that's how you, you win ball games, especially against bad teams. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm lower on both their regular season and their playoffs. Like I see them, you know, 
being behind the likes of Utah and uh, and Phoenix for sure in the West standings and probably more in that three to five range. But um, we also don't know like how much they're going to sit the likes of LeBron and Davis and even Westbrook throughout the regular season as well, given all of the injuries that all three of them have suffered now as of late. That's I do think they get a huge bonus with Kawhi and Jamal Murray missing most of the year. I think that does really that takes doesn't take out two contenders, but it gives the Lakers a better chance to finish above them in the standings. I think so. At least they could prob they'll probably start the playoffs at home. Yeah, the um, yeah, they're they're definitely again. You know, if you're in my top ten, I'm watching a ton of you as uh, as right. throughout the season. So, um, let's get to uh, this is where. Uh, you'll be shocked to hear this. This is where I had the Houston Rockets at number seven. And wow. we we talked about the guys like Kevin Porter Jr. and uh, Christian Wood and Sangoon. And of course, the uh, that we didn't mention yet, Josh Christopher at number 24. I think he's got an interesting sort of gunner mentality. Jalen Green. They just have so many so many young guys on this roster that I'm excited to watch and they still got like John wall. Right. So it's like, he's, he's, uh, you know, that part makes me sad though. (laughs) That's fair. That part makes me sad. Yeah. He had some watching him at times last year was, uh, you know, just kind of depressing given what he, what he used to be from an athleticism standpoint and what he is now. I know. But uh, I think once he's gone, I'll I will join you on the Rockets' excitement. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> once it's just full full young guys. Yeah. So uh, let's hear who you then had at uh, at number seven. That's where I had Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah. Toronto making top seven. I love that so much. Um, number six. This is where I had the Memphis Grizzlies. Damn, you were high on them. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, you know, they, um, again, a lot of people are worried about them succeeding this season, but like they won last year because they had a top 10 defense. I think they had the seventh best defense in the NBA or around there. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be a, a really, they're a really well coached team. They're going to be really good defensively once again. And yeah, with Jaron Jackson Jr. in the fold, like I think they could make a substantial leap offensively despite the loss of Alan Tunis. Like, would I rather have Valanchunas just like pounding guys inside for a better offense or like a, a center that's taking 10 threes a game and spacing the floor for my star point guard? Like, I think that that uh, floor spacing is going to be better for, for Memphis's offense. I hope so. I just wonder if they could break into the top six in the West. I'm just not sure yet. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, you, I mean, it's tough. You go through it. It's uh, it's Utah, Phoenix, Denver, Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Mavericks. I mean, that's it's, seven right there. Uh, it's uh, yeah. It's tough. And we it's we tough. haven't even talked about the the Warriors yet. And neither of us have gotten to the Warriors they're, either. Probably. Yeah, they're coming up. So who's who's number six for you? I have Atlanta here. Okay, so I have Atlanta at two. Okay. Okay. So we both like Atlanta. Yeah. 
I mean, awesome playoff run. Trey Young became a legit superstar. They're so deep, Young. I mean, maybe another step from Cam Remish. Hopefully, DeAndre Hunter is healthy and he takes another step. Collins, Capella was amazing for them last year. Bogdanovich, Herder. I mean, they can play so many different lineups. They have shooting. They, I have enough defense, I think, to protect Trey Young. They're good. <laughs> they're good and they're fun. Yeah. Um, I think Trey Young is, uh, you know, makes your team a top 10 offense basically by himself. Yeah. They're, they're super yeah. deep. They added depth by bringing in DeLon Wright. I even liked a couple of their rookie acquisitions and Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Um, you know, they, yeah. yeah, they, they extended Clint Capella and, uh, you know, and Yeka Kongwu, he's going to be out to start the year, but I'm excited to see his development. Um, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be so much fun and I'm hoping they're healthier this year than they were last season. Cause they were just yeah. destroyed by injuries all regular season, but that playoff run was a blast. I'm excited to see how they build off of that, getting a, a full season of Nate McMillan as the head coach. They, uh, they also unveiled the cla- their classic edition uniforms are maybe my favorite. They're like an all yellow with the red hawk, and the hawk is holding a basketball with its talons like underneath him. So that that uniform is also yeah, the, I love that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you had Atlanta at six. At number five, this is where I had the, the Utah Jazz. We already – Talked about them pretty in depth. Uh, who did you have at the at the number five spot? This is where I had Denver. Denver, right? Okay, so yeah, we um, we talked about that and how yeah, I'm, I'm a little lower just because of Murray's absence, but yeah, Jokic is going to be is going to be awesome to watch. So moving to number four, this is where I had the Phoenix Suns. We're getting through these kind of quickly now because uh, we've talked about a lot of these tubes. But, uh, yeah, who did you have at number four? That's where I had the Bucks. Okay. So now we're down to our top three. And uh, so for my number three, this is where I had the Golden State Warriors. Same. Okay. So uh, we both, I think, had Golden State, I, I don't know, somewhere in the mid-teens, mid to late teens last year. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Clay Thompson's back. That's a big part of this um, to, to finally get to see Steph, Clay, and Draymond playing basketball together again. And hey, they brought back Iguodala too. So we get him as well. The band's back together. Yes. And uh, they, they picked up Otto Porter Jr., who I think could potentially help them. They've got a couple of young draft picks. I hope they don't play much because I'm expecting this team to be competing for the playoffs and playing rookies as uh, they learned with uh, James Wiseman last year, typically doesn't help your <laughs> competitiveness. Hmm. But, uh, you know, they um, they have a lot of interesting pieces. I, I've enjoyed watching the progression of Jordan Poole. He had some moments in that play-in game, or those he couple did. of play-in games for, for the Warriors. And uh, I'm still optimistic that they can, like, throw in or make a trade by – trading maybe Wiseman and Kaminga to, to package them together to potentially get another guy that can help them right now. Uh, I, well, and, and they're just like, you know, Steph and Draymond alone 
when they were playing at the level they were last year is uh, is fantastic to watch. So, right, Steph last year showed he could be a one-man show and still carry the team and be electric to watch. Now the questions for this year, what is he do they package the young guys for a win now player? Do they play the the young guys at all to try to walk the line between competing and development? Or do they just go all in on competing? And then finally the last question is how does Clay look after two serious injuries? How long does it take him to come back? Because that's I mean, that's the real thing that affects their ceiling. But watchability, I mean, this team, I think they're deep. I think they're versatile. I think they're they're good. Yeah, I think Moses Moody, you know, given his role in college, he didn't play like a star in college. He played kind of the 3 and D type of role. Yeah, he should get some minutes. Yeah, like I I think think they'll trust him a little more. Yeah, he could potentially be a guy that helps right away. so it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I'm hoping they make a win now move because I I want to see those that uh, that trio get one more chance at truly competing for a championship. And uh, yeah, I think they're going to be they're going to be interesting. Another uh, another one of those leaked classic edition uniforms that came out. They might be my least favorite though. They um, they're basically like uh, um, basically red and white sort of lettering and numbering. I'm not sure what exact era that's from. It might be like the mid seventies, kind of the Rick Barry era, maybe. Yeah. Something way back. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I don't, I don't particularly care for them. I did like that. They, they unveiled like a, uh, for that. Cause you know, with these, with these classic editions, it's not only the uniforms, but there's going to be the, at least for some of the teams, there's going to be a court to go with it. And they had like the, you know, and and these classic editions are specifically because this is the 75th anniversary for the NBA, but uh, the Warriors logo that like encompasses the the NBA 75 anniversary is kind of neat. Um, Where like the Mm -hmm. five kind of circles, the Warriors logo, the bottom portion of the number five encircles the Warriors logo. So I thought that was well done, but yeah, the jerseys themselves, not, not a huge fan of. So number two, we, uh, we already mentioned this. Uh, I had the Atlanta Hawks and you had the Los Angeles Lakers. So Evan, after uh, yeah. basically two hours of doing this, we're finally down to our number one spot. And it looks like we're both in agreement for the, uh, the second consecutive year here. Yeah. To me, Brooklyn, I think, is the overwhelming championship favorites. Yep. Um, one of the most loaded firepower teams I could really ever remember. I mean, Kevin Durant almost took them to the conference finals by themselves. And now they got, like, when they just added Millsap. I mean, they got veterans. They got role players. I mean, those three alone are so – I mean, the only question is his, his health. Otherwise, I think they honestly – wiped the floor with the east <laughs> yeah and you know the right they're they're deeper now like bringing in patty mills and bringing back lamarcus yeah all, all Millsap. like they have it's really, ridiculous they've fortified this roster to the point where yeah like i think they could have they could afford this year potentially to lose irving and harden and still win like that's a, yeah 
that's how much they've upgraded. Like, like I, I've suggested this, like if they just had Patty Mills last year in that buck series, like to give them some extra creation, they might've, they might've, they might've still won. Um, and, it's possible for sure. And yeah, like uh, they, um, they got Deandre Jordan out of town, which I think helps their team. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're uh, I think they're going to easily get to 55 wins, maybe even 60. They're, they're really fun to watch given that they've got three of the top 15 guys in the NBA and they're all a blast to watch. They're all incredibly skilled. They've got a, a coach in Steve Nash that I think does a, does a good job of experimenting and doing some different types of stuff that you might not uh, expect. And yeah, the, the broadcast crew, Ian Eagle, Sarah Kustak, we didn't mention last year, but they brought on uh, Richard Jefferson at times for some games. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, their their court design is great. The jerseys are great. They added uh, they're they're also one of my favorite new classic edition uniforms. It's kind of like a dark blue with the red stripe down the side, kind of like reminiscent of their '80s '90s uniforms. Um, yeah, there's there's really like just across the board every element like competitiveness, you know, entertainment value, broadcasting, uh, the aesthetics. Just they're they have it all across the board. Yeah. I only wonder how seriously they take the regular season and how much they rest and experiment. And that's the only thing to watch, but full when they're, when they're on and healthy, they're, I mean, they're ridiculous. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yep. And the fact that Kevin Durant went from like, you know, question mark about how good he'll be after his injury to like, oh, he's right. for sure a top five guy again. Um, just uh, makes it even more sort of unfair for the rest of the league, especially if he can maintain close to that level. But uh, yeah, Evan, was there anything else you wanted to to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm ready to get started again. Yeah, I uh, it's you know doing doing the tears podcast, then top thirty players, then this. Like, yeah, I'm ready. I probably uh, did these a little bit too early, but I wanted to make sure I got them in before the season started. Uh, but uh, yeah, mm. it's definitely got me well prepared and and very excited for for this upcoming season. And and yeah, just based on again going through and doing this process, like there's so many teams I'm excited to see. Yeah. Me too. Most teams have at least something interesting, you know? Right. Whether it's just like a, just like with the Lakers, it's just curiosity for how it's going to work or Houston. Yeah, with, exactly. With their, Houston with all their young talent and how like, you know, just seeing those guys all get their first NBA experience. There's a, there's a little bit for everybody, but uh, Evan, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on and doing this. This was a blast as always. And uh, you know, um, we're yeah about five weeks away my pleasure bud thanks for having me thanks so much for listening to duncan dynasty please if you can if you have a moment go to itunes and uh, give us a rating and review preferably five stars and uh, if you could give any thoughts about what you like about the show that would be much appreciated we are also on spotify so uh You can give us a rating on there as well. If you'd like to find some other content outside of this podcast, you can find 
me on Twitter at Garrett Bougay. That's G-A-R-R-E-T-T-B-U-G-A-Y. I will be uh, tweeting various uh, NBA thoughts as well as some some thoughts on some other uh, interests of mine, including soccer and film and television. So uh, if you're looking for some of my takes throughout the the course of the week, you can find me there. You can find my co-host Corbin Ford on Twitter at CorbinNBA. That's C-O-R-B-A-N-N-B-A. So... uh, he, uh, he does a d- does a good job on Twitter as well. He's very active. I'm also doing uh, some work as a contributor for Rip City Project, which uh, does all things Blazers. So if you're looking for some written content, you can check those websites out. Corbin also does his own pod on the side called NBA Today. Uh, he, uh, he does some, some fun work over there, so, so please, I encourage you, to check that out. But uh, thanks so much again for, for listening and have a great rest of your day.